Hello, everyone. How are you this evening? Welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. I pray that you're all doing well and that you are standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And I am back again with another message for you all. I pray that you all had a wonderful uh, weekend and um, wonderful week so far. Hey, Ma, how are you? <laughs> um, if you were on uh, with me a few minutes ago, I was on the uh, on the new platform again. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, strange things are keep happening over there. So I'm back on StreamYard uh, to bring this message to you all because that's what's most important is that I dropped the word, right? And so, uh, yeah, still working out some things, I suppose, over there. Um, I will look into it afterwards. But um, uh, uh, we are going to uh, be starting a new uh, a new series and a new schedule. If you saw the post on my uh, Facebook page, and also, uh, oh, you're good. Can you can see me? Can you, you can see me and hear me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I hope the mic is on. Yeah, the mic is on. <laughs> this thing, like, I, I'm kind of gun shy. I know, I know the devil is busy. <laughs> I won't say the devil is busy. He stay busy. But so do we, you know. Uh, like, uh, who was that that said? Bob Marley, I think, said, the devil don't take a day off, so neither do I, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, um, if you uh, have been uh, kind of following me uh, on my social media, you have seen that I've up updated my schedule. and. Um, uh, rolled out a brand new, um, a brand new schedule and a brand new, um, uh, what am I saying? Uh, just a brand new schedule, <laughs> a brand new schedule, uh, for, uh, this, you know, this, uh, podcast and all the things that I'm doing here on social media. Uh, God kind of, you know, made some tweaks and everything because there was a little bit, a little bit of, me not listening in there. So he had to come in and um, correct some things. So we're grateful for that. <laughs> and now, you know, I have a schedule that really uh, works and something that is functional and that targets all the areas that he wants me to talk about and to expound upon in this season, because um, we're in a very, very uh, crucial time um, not only, you know, in the world, but also, you know, in the body of Christ, uh, judgments are walking through the earth and judgments are also um, at the house. Uh, well, the, it started with the house of God. It started with the house of God judgment. The judgments of God always begin at the house of God. And so, um, yeah, you know, we've been experiencing some things and there is more to come. And so the Lord is saying, you know, uh, this is not something that where we're we'll be able to just jump out of the frying pan, you know, um, but this is something whereas uh, we are being, um, we are being put to the test. Our foundation is being put to the test. Our, uh, our spiritual walk and relationship with God is being put to the test. And um, uh, this is a very important time. Uh, whereas um, 
you know, God is shaking everything uh, so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. Amen. And so, uh, you know, things are being tested and uh, people are going through some very difficult times right now um, because God's judgments are in the earth. And that's something that we all need to understand is that uh, the judgments of God, when the judgments of God are in the earth, uh, we have to be careful. We have to tread lightly and we have to stay close to our father because we don't want to be uh, deceived like, you know, like everyone, uh, like, you know, like the others. We want to be uh, alert and sober so that we can warn the others, um, you know, so that they won't be lost as well. Right. Um, so this is where we are. And um, yeah, so uh, just uh, just to kind of recap this little uh, scheduling situation, um, Wednesday nights I will be here teaching, and uh, I will be here. Uh, uh, this is uh, called Night Watch, where I will be uh, sharing prophetically what uh, I am seeing, uh, what the Lord is is allowing me to see uh, in the dark. Right? Uh, I, I brought a message to you uh, about Watchmen, whereas God has uh, said to prepare the watchman. Uh, he's asking watchman, what of the night? And so he wants us to be able to, uh, to see and be aware and be alert and on our post so that we can, um, so that we can uh, be able to warn the people of what is coming upon the the uh, the body of Christ and what is coming upon the earth. Uh, someone has to blow the trumpet in Zion, and if you are a prophetic person, um, not to exalt ourselves above others, but if you are, are are a prophetic person, you have been called uh, to this very thing, and you probably uh, God has probably been dealing with you personally. Uh, pulling, you know, uh, on you and <laughs> telling you to do things and say things, probably giving you dreams, giving you visions, uh, working with you internally, uh, doing a quick work internally in terms of uprooting different um, sin issues and iniquity uh, iniquities that you may be dealing with personally. Uh, these are the dealings of God. These are the dealings of God and the way that he handles his prophets. It is an on, it is a hands on thing. And so, you know, he doesn't want anyone else to get the glory, not even us for what he is doing in our life and how he is using us. He wants us to be uh, empty uh, vessels or, or um, yielded vessels who are, who have been prepared and ready for him to use us at any given moment, to speak through us in any given moment. This is why it's very important to keep your life clean, keep your vessel clean, keep your temple clean so that God can inhabit this temple, inhabit your body and use you for, for his glory. Amen. Um, so we thank God for that. We thank God for the Holy Spirit. And we're just going to, um, uh, open here with a word of prayer and, uh, I will continue on from there. I want to uh, officially welcome you all. <laughs> I keep missing this, the pleasantries. Um, you all who are listening by podcast, welcome. Uh, the next podcast episode will be live for you so that you'll be able to also uh, chime in and, and type your comments and you know things of that nature. You'll be able to participate. Uh, I am uh, getting that ready for you all. And so... Um, that will be available. So welcome everyone who is 
uh, going to hear this by podcast as well as a warm welcome to you all who are watching me by Facebook and YouTube. I apologize if my voice sounds froggy or like Freddy Krueger. I am uh, <laughs> I am uh, kind of uh, dealing with some with some issues there. Uh, taking I, I had to take some medication um, for. Y'all pray for me, okay? Pray with me um, because God is, uh, I, I'm trusting God for total healing right here and total deliverance. And I have been spending a lot of time uh, in the presence of God uh, concerning that issue because I want to, I want to tell you quickly that, you know, um, the demonic realm works together. They work together. Spirit, demonic spirits work together and, and one will open the door for another and they will all kind of chime in and march in together. Right. And so, um, the same thing, the same, they work this, this is when a person is, you know, is bound with the spirit, but they also work the same way when you are, um, under, uh, kind of like under attack, you know, uh, or under siege. When you are being uh, attacked, I realized what happened that the night that I told you about after I brought the original message here concerning the watchman, um, that I was attacked that night in, in my sleep and a spirit, you know, uh, was holding me down in my sleep, grabbed me by my throat. I couldn't talk, you know, and so on. Right. And I got that spirit off of me because the spirit of God, when you feed your spirit, man, and when you spend time with God and you spend time in the word, your spirit, man, becomes super strong. And that's what we want. We want to keep feeding and building our spirit, man, so that we won't be encaged in fear in the flesh or in the emotional realm. So I was not afraid, but my spirit man was strong and it was my spirit man who rose up and, and, and got that spirit off of me, got that spirit out of here. But, um, I want to say that, um, uh, they have a plan. They have a plan. So the next thing I knew, um, I had a pain in my hip. I had a pain in my hip. And um, the next morning I couldn't walk the next morning. I couldn't walk. I didn't share this with you guys because I don't want you guys to uh, to be, you know, concerned or to be afraid. Please do not be afraid. Um, so so I couldn't walk. OK. And then um, I was limping, you know, because my hip was sore and I had uh, I thought, you know, I had slept on it wrong or something like that. So I started stretching and working my body out and everything that morning. And by that uh, afternoon and that evening, I could not walk at all. <laughs> I could not walk at all. And so um, uh, this is, you know, something I, I started to uh, to look into and research because the Lord brought it back to my memory that. Um, uh, the, the doctor several years ago had, uh, diagnosed me with arthritis. I didn't, re I didn't receive it, of course, but I started to, you know, alter my eating habits and, you know, exercise and things like that to try to, you know, um, you know, use wisdom there because I was already dealing with some back issues from a car accident. So I was working, you know, through all of that at the time. 
And uh, I won't go into a lot of details there, but the doctor had me on like steroids and stuff like that. I stopped taking the steroids because the steroids were putting me in a different mindset. They were affecting my body, making me gain weight, etc. And so, um, and the dosage was just too much and too high. So I, I came off of all of that and I thought, you know, okay, God, it's just, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do this thing all by yourself. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, we really don't need no help here, you know? So this was several years ago. And so at certain points of, of time, um, I would have these flare ups, whereas, you know, I thought I had done something to myself or slept on myself wrong, but it wasn't looking back in hindsight. I, I, I can recognize that it was arthritis or arthritic uh, flare ups. And so one time it was my arm. The next time it was my wrist. I couldn't, you know, I, I posted a video on my YouTube channel, I think, because I was I was supposed to be filming and stuff, but I couldn't really do much because of my arm. So, you know, I, I my wrist and I posted a video. Did I break my wrist? <laughs> um, so I really thought that, you know, um, it was, you know, it was something I had slept on it or something like that. Maybe I fractured it in my sleep. But in hindsight, I realized that it was actually uh, arthritis. It, it was the symptoms or the flare-ups of, of the arthritis. And so, um, yeah, so uh, apparently that's what this is. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a flare-up from the arthritis. Um, so I have been, uh, inc I've incorporated magnesium. I'm already taking iron because, you know, I'm anemic and then also, um, and I'm not claiming any of these things, but I'm just telling you, you know, uh, what it is. And um, and, yeah, taking multivitamins and stuff like that, trying to get as much uh, veggies in my diet as I can. I'm not big on fruit. So that's another, uh, you know, that's another uh, supplement that I have to take. <laughs> um, I supplement that with orange juice or uh, vitamin C, uh, but stuff like that. So. Um, I'm realizing that this hip thing is, uh, is that's what it is. It is a flare up from the arthritis and, an, uh, and that is a spirit. That's what I'm getting at. I'm, sh I'm sharing this with you because I want you to understand that that is a spirit. It is a spirit, uh, the spirit of infirmity, anything that makes your body, um, not, not function normally the way God created it to anything that, um, that uh, causes you pain, anything that causes you dis-ease, dis-ease, disease. Um, this, these, this is a demonic spirit. It is an attack. It is an attack um, uh, from the demonic realm. And I'm, uh, I said what I said earlier about one spirit opens the door for another, because um, if you're a person uh, like me, who uh, when you were younger, perhaps you were molested, perhaps you, you know, um, you went through life uh, promiscuous, having, you know, uh, multiple sexual partners, you know, throughout your life or your adulthood, et cetera, whatever the situation was. Um, perhaps, you know, you, uh, you uh, suffered some kind of abuse and the door was left open through that wound. Um, whereas the, um, the devil came in there and started to sow seeds into you. And that's why, you know, those seeds they grow, they grow with you over time. And you don't, a lot of times you don't even know they're there. And until later on, when they start to manifest in different ways, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it is, uh, lust, maybe it is, you know, um, 
strong pride, witchcraft, you know, things like that. And so, you know, these spirits, they, they try to come into us when we're younger because they want to grow up with us. They grow up in you and they become bigger and stronger over time. And if you uh, uh, do not submit your life to the Lord, to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit can take over your vessel, then that spirit will continue to occupy your house and take over your vessel. And so um, this is uh, this is um, what happens. One of the manifestations of this spirit uh, is um, infirmity. One of the ways that these demons manifest is through infirmities, infirmities of the flesh, um, infirmities in your body. So different sicknesses, illnesses, just strange stuff happening that, you know, you're a healthy person, you eat well, you know, you exercise as much as you can, you know, you're doing the right things, <clears throat> excuse me, but, but you um, start to have these issues. This is what it is. It is a spirit. It is a spirit. And so um, I've been, you know, with the Lord, um, over the past few days, just, just, you know, because that kind of stuff makes me mad. It really, really ticks me off. Cause I'm like, devil, you ain't got no business in here, you know? And so, you know, I had my little, my little moments where I just, where I just went off and went <laughs> left, right and center. Okay. On them demons. And then, um, and then just getting up under the spirit of God and just, you know, getting in his arms and just, you know, and just letting him, you know, his spirit and his presence, you know, pull that stuff out, pull that stuff out of me. Uh, deliverance can come through in, in many, in different ways. It's not always someone lays hands on you and cast the devil out. It is you rejecting and resisting. The Bible simply says, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil and he will flee. That's in, in the book of James, submit un yourself unto God, submit unto God, <clears throat> resist the devil and he will flee. And so uh, this is, um, I'll give you the right scripture here. Just a moment. Yeah, James four and seven. I thought I was right. Um, resist the devil and he will flee. So if so, no matter who lays hands on you and tries to cast the devil out of you or whatever, and I and I don't recommend you let just anybody lay hands on you if you don't know them and know anything about their life, because there is a lot of prophetic witchcraft going on out here, and that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about in this message. Um, let me put the topic up for you here, which is uh, today's message is called. Um, uh, it's called dig tonight's message is called dig. And so, um, yeah, I don't recommend that, but, um, when, you know, another way of delivering, even if somebody, someone did lay hands on you that you trust, uh, to, to, uh, bring deliverance to you or cast the devil out of you, then, um, you have to understand that that spirit cannot leave unless you break agreement with that spirit. You have to resist it. You have to resist it. If a, if a demon starts to manifest in a person, that demon, number one, has to be addressed. And number two, uh, the, the person needs to break agreement with that spirit. Otherwise, 
you know, he'll just be sitting, he'll just be there talking and talking about, you know, what all he did to, to the person and what he's going to do to the person and blah, 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 bunch of, you know, lies, right? Because he has no power over, over, over God. He has no power over, over the power of Jesus Christ. And so, um, what will happen is, you know, um, the person needs to break agreement with that spirit. This is called resisting because the scripture says, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. And so this is what, uh, this is what must be done. Um, because the uh, demons work in covenant, uh, agreements. If you agree with them, they need agreement because the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So they need your agreement. So they will, uh, look for ways to pull you into agreement with them to cause you to enjoy certain things or cause you to, um, uh, indulge in certain things so that they can gain agreement with you there. When you're agreeing with that spirit, now you have granted him access to to operate in your life however he wants you wants to. And he is there. Remember that he's always there or they always come to steal, kill and destroy. So it's something they, they're coming to steal from you, something they're coming to, you know, to uh, destroy. They want to kill you and destroy you and take your soul to hell with them. That's the ultimate that's the ultimate goal for any demonic activity in a person's life. But while you are here on earth, they want to use you um, to carry out their agenda. Uh, and or if they can't uh, use you in that way, then they will. Uh, if you're a spiritual person or a Christian, then they will they will attempt to uh, drag you down and uh, hinder your progress and oppose uh, um delay your progress, hinder your progress so that you can't get to where you need to get to spiritually. It won't be easy for you at all. And so I'm just speaking here from experience concerning that. So this is why I'm asking you guys, you know, as much as I'm praying for you uh, and praying with you all, please also pray with me because uh, as I deliver these messages, you know, um, I'm also getting attacked and, and don't think that this is just an easy, uh, cakewalk. It's not for any of us. Uh, if you understand, uh, spiritual warfare and the demonic realm and the prophetic, um, then you understand that this is a war and this is, um, there will be spiritual attacks, but many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us all from them all. He delivers us out of them all. Amen. And so we have to keep our trust in, in the Lord and in his word. Amen. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to go off on that little tangent, but I, I feel like everything God uses me to say is educational for someone. Someone is there. Someone has been there or someone is there and they need to hear the word that God is, uh, that God is using me to speak. So, uh, let's go ahead and pray and, um, get into the message for tonight. Uh, glory to God. So father, we just want to thank you for each and every man, woman, and child that you have drawn by your spirit, uh, to hear this message. Oh Lord, we thank you father God for, um, your, uh, your 
love that is covering the multitude of sins, oh Father God, that for your love that covers every soul, that covers, Father God, every uh, every sin and every iniquity, Father God, that uh, that convicts us, that brings us to a place of repentance in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you and we give you praise and we call forth uh, your loving kindness. We call forth the spirit of uh, godly sorrow and repentance, brokenness and contrition of heart. Uh, upon these, uh, upon this message tonight, upon the ears and, uh, and upon the hearts of those that are listening and watching tonight in Jesus' mighty name, understanding that this message will, will definitely lead us to repentance. Uh, Father God, we thank you and we give you praise for your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher uh, of all things, who is the spirit of truth and teaches us all things. Master, Rabbi, uh, we welcome you and we ask you to take over this, this broadcast, take over these airways, take over this message, hijack my, my words, hijack this message, hijack my mouth, take over my mouth, anoint my lips of clay, put your words in my mouth and quicken me to speak your word, quicken me, Lord God, according to your very word in Jesus mighty name, that I may speak your word and your word only. Uh, Apostle Paul said, I know, I, I know not anything save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Father, I confess that I don't know anything. You know all things. I know nothing as I should, Father God. So fill my mouth and and fill my fill my uh, fill my uh, my tongue with the law of of kindness and the law of righteousness. Fill my mouth with wisdom in Jesus' mighty name and use me for your glory. Pour me out, uh, Father God, unto your people, Lord God. As you have said that if we believe as the scripture has said that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water, Father. I thank you for the rivers of living water tonight. Let them flow out into everlasting life, Father, in Jesus' mighty name and give drink unto many. Father, we thank you for your bread of life. Uh, let your word have free course and let it be glorified here. And we rebuke and bind the prince and the power of the air. And we decree that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. In Jesus name we pray. We thank you, Father God, for all that you are and all that you do. Be thou exalted here. Let your glory be made known. Let your power be revealed. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. So. Um, Tonight's message is called Dig. It is called Dig. And uh, we will be uh, coming from uh, the book of Ezekiel, um, looking at uh, Ezekiel chapter three and also chapter eight. And uh, the spirit of God is speaking here to Ezekiel uh, concerning the house of Israel and uh, concerning, you know, his people, um, as I told you earlier, that we are uh, in a time where God's judgments are walking through the earth. And um, and so he has set forth his watchmen uh, to uh, be able to warn the people of what is coming, what is coming, because, you know, God doesn't do anything except he first reveal it to his holy, his holy apostles and prophets, his holy apostles and prophets. What does that say? That says that there are apostles and prophets who are unholy. 
Okay. And these are the ones that we have to beware of. And so the Bible says that, you know, if it, if it were uh, not possible, if it weren't uh, possible, even the very elect would be deceived uh, by these um, uh, false prophets who are uh, preaching another message and these false teachers who are teaching another message or giving the, the people another gospel that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it is the gospel uh, called the bless me gospel. It is a gospel of materialism. It is a gospel of give me, give me, give me instead of use me, use me, use me. Amen. And so, um, it, is, it has no power. It has no weight. It is not coming out of the heart of God and out of the uh, out of God's love for his people because God wants to see his people free. And, and when you love someone, you want to see them free. If you've ever heard the met the the. Um, the phrase, you know, if you love the person, set them free. And, and if they belong with you, they will come back again. And so God wants to see his people free. Amen. Whom the son sets free is free. Indeed, the, uh, the truth shall, uh, we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free, not set us free, but make us free. You can set a man free and he will be, he can be bound again. But if you make a person free by equipping them with wisdom and knowledge, then uh, that they can never, they cannot be bound again because you can never unknow or unlearn what you have learned or what you have, uh, what you have known. Amen. And so, um, uh, this is, you know, this is what the Lord is saying is that uh, his judgments are in the earth and he has shown things to his prophets, um, his holy prophets. Um, and we are to blow the trumpet in Zion. So here is Ezekiel, who was uh, a major prophet uh, uh, of the Lord. <clears throat> and um, um, he um that the Lord had, had called him as a watchman. The Lord called him as a watchman. It says in uh, Ezekiel chapter three and verse 16 here. Um, uh, he said, and it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Uh, therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Amen. So so God made him a watchman. And that's why I said that, you know, if you have if you are a prophetic person, if you're prophetic in nature, you have been called uh, to watch. You have been called uh, to a uh to watch, to stand upon the wall and see what is out there in that darkness. And we cannot be afraid. Amen. Not only. Uh, to watch, but also to blow the trumpet in Zion and not be afraid of what? Of the faces, be, not be afraid of the people. Um, because just like he told Jeremiah, be not afraid of their facement, of their faces, excuse me, be not afraid of their faces, lest I confound you before them. That means if we are afraid, God will make us look foolish before them. Amen. He will confuse us even, you know, so we have to walk with God and we have to obey his instructions. Amen. And so, um, here is, a. Uh, uh, Ezekiel and I'm going to read from you, uh, in, in chapter three. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to start at verse one. 
And I'm just going to skip through a little bit here and then we're going to go to chapter eight. Amen. Um, it says, uh, moreover, he said unto me, son of man, eat that thou findest, um, eat this roll, this roll. Uh, the roll is actually a, uh, a scroll. It is the word of God. Basically it is the word of God. So he said, eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. So the Lord is telling Ezekiel to eat the word and then go speak unto the house of Israel. He says, so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Amen. And so the word of God is sweet. The Lord is is good. Amen. Um. So uh, what is God saying here? Uh, something I hear the Lord saying here is that um, you heard him say to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, eat the word first, eat the roll first, right? And then go and speak unto the house of Israel. I want to expose a spirit, whereas um, many uh, men and women of God choose to do things opposite. They choose to go and speak to, to a people without eating the word, without, um, without, um, uh, accessing the scripture without going into the presence of the Lord to get a word for the people, you know, without studying the word themselves. Amen. Some people only study, uh, just, just in order to preach, you know, they study just because they're about to bring a message. That is, that is like a complete error. You know what I mean? So you, you're not supposed to, um, you are not supposed to, uh, do that. You are supposed to live a life um, in this word and eating the word of God on a consistent basis, because uh, this is why we find pre uh, preachers who are not spiritually strong. It, they seem kind of like they don't have a backbone. They kind of, you know, what uh, old school would call them jelly back preachers, whereas they 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 they're not strong themselves. Right. And so but they're they're preaching a word unto you. And the message is not strong enough to uh, deliver you, to uh, really help you or really feed you. Um, this is uh, this is what God is talking about. It's because um, this is a symptom that shows you that they do not study the word of God uh, themselves very much. When they bring the word of the Lord to you, it's because they went into the word to get a message for, for that, you know, for that sermon, quote unquote sermon, <laughs> uh, to bring a word to the people. And, and, you know, and oftentimes the Lord is not even telling them to speak that particular thing. Um, they are under a spirit of delusion. That's what happens when we, um, when we, hear the word of truth, but we don't obey the word of truth because the Bible, God, God tells us to eat the word. He he's saying to Ezekiel, eat the roll, eat the scriptures first, eat it first, and then go speak unto the house of Israel, right? So now we have a lot of people in the body of Christ who are weak. They are fearful. They are afraid. They are uh, sick. 
they are. They can't hear. They can't see. Spiritually, they are dumb. Uh, and I'm not using that to, to offend anyone, but it's the truth. Uh, they're spiritually dumb. Spiritually dumb, meaning that they cannot uh, understand. Tr they cannot understand truth. They are accustomed to strong delusion. These are the people who want to. Um, they they have who have itching ears. They want to hear a word that pleases the flesh. They want to hear a word that that feeds them uh, feeds their flesh and not their spirit. Amen. And so um, this is what happens. This is the kind of uh, these are the effects when you do not. Study the word of God, uh, study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto the people, but unto God. Okay. Uh, to show yourself approved unto God, a what a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, and how do you rightly divide the word of truth? Well, I told you before that the word um, is like a loaf of bread. And when you rightly divide it, you are cutting those slices. You are cutting it or like a, or like a loaf of meat, a meatloaf. You are cutting it and you are serving it to the people. And what does the Bible say? Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so, you know, understanding what goes with what, you know what I mean? And, and how to, uh, dissect that and feed it to the people so that the people will still be nourished they will still be uh eating the meat of the word in measure that will make them strong and stable that will make them strong and healthy spiritually amen and so when we don't you know when we're unable to get this this is the reason why god also said to ezekiel um in another passage of scripture that um that you know he started talk he, he was angry at the um at the false teachers and the and the the wicked shepherds uh the hirelings and he called them out and he said he said no these are hirelings these are not shepherds of my people he said look my people are scattered all uh, all upon the mountain they're scattered everywhere you know in other words they are not uh they are not uh, in order, they are out of order. They are scattered abroad. And, uh, but, but God said, I will, uh, bring them together. I will bring them to me. I will, uh, he, he said, I will feed them myself. I will feed them myself. Why? Because the shepherds that he placed over them were not feeding the sheep. They were not feeding the sheep. They were not, uh, watching the sheep the wolves were coming in and taking the sheep out of the fold attacking the sheep killing the sheep you know inflicting the sheep and and doing harm doing harm to the flock and so uh god was concerned god is concerned about his people he loves his people and so he says no if you won't do this thing right then i will do it myself just move out of the way these are my sheep these are my people i gave you uh i gave you permission you know and i uh i uh, gave you the assignment to watch over them and to uh, protect them and to keep them you know and to feed them um, but you did not do that. And so now I have to take them away from you and I will feed them myself. Okay. So God, um, 
He's a loving, loving father. He's a loving father. And if we're not doing it right, he will do it himself or he will find someone else who will. He will find someone else and he will replace you. So we have to be very, very careful there as leaders in the body of Christ, as shepherds over the flock uh, uh, of God. Amen. So he says here, um, so I, he says, uh, verse four, he says, and he said unto me, son, son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. For you are not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. So in other words, this people, they understand your speech. He said, not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou cannot understand. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto you. So he's saying, if I had sent you to a people that didn't understand your language, they would have listened to you. But watch this, verse seven, he says, but the house of Israel will not hearken unto you, for they will not hearken unto me. Uh oh, <laughs> for all the house of Israel are impudent and hard hearted, impudent and hard hearted. That word imp impudent, impudent, I-M-P-U-D-E-N-T, it means um, a strong forehead. A strong forehead. That means you, you know, you, you have a strong forehead. You, um, you don't listen to, you don't listen to people. You don't listen well when people are bringing you, uh, what does say the Lord? You don't want to hear that because perhaps of the, the, maybe perhaps because of the package that is coming in or someone that you feel is inferior to you or someone that you perhaps, you know, are, are, uh, um, I don't know whatever the case may be. Maybe you just don't like the person. Maybe you're intimidated by the person. Maybe you're jealous of the person. Maybe you, you know, it, many reasons there, you know, but he said that these people have a strong forehead and they are hard hearted. Their heart is hard. Verse eight, he says, behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. This you're going to need to be to toughen up now. You're going to need to be strong. That's why he said to Joshua, be strong and very courageous and know that I am with you whithersoever you go. And same thing he said to Joshua. He said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So again, he's telling these men, men of God uh, to eat the book. Another scripture says, eat the whole book. Because it is written of who? Jesus. It is written of you. Jesus. Well, where is Jesus? He is in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when we read the book, when we study the book, we're actually reading and, and reading of, of uh, Christ in us. So it's telling us something about us. It's speaking of us also. Yeah, because we are also the beloved. Now are you the sons of God? Okay, 
Thank you. Spirit of revelation is flowing, but I'm going to keep going in this word. Okay. All right. So, um, he says, I have made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their foreheads as an adamant harder, uh, as an adamant, what is an adamant? An adamant is a stone as a stone harder than Flint. Have I made thy forehead fear them not neither be dismayed at their looks though they be a rebellious house. They're a rebellious house, a rebellious people. They will hear you. They will look at you. They may say amen, and then they will turn around and rebel against everything you just said. They they have no fear of the Lord. The Bible says there is no fear of God in their eyes. Verse 10, it says, moreover, because they are common with God. I was wondering about that. I was like, Lord, why people don't fear you like, like, like we used to like, why, you know, why is there no fear of the Lord anymore in terms of reverence, um, reverence enough to, uh, to submit and yield and obey him and, and recognize his voice when you hear it and obey the voice. Many of us even recognize his voice, but we still don't obey the voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. We have a people in the earth who hear the voice of the, of the shepherd, but still will follow another voice, a strange voice. So what is that? A spirit of confusion? Or is it the fact that, um, is it the fact that there is no fear of God in our eyes because we have become too common with God? See, 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 people have, have used the name God and Jesus and, you know, and, and use the word and the scriptures, uh, so much to a degree where, uh, they don't even take it serious anymore. People take it lightly. People take the things of God lightly. These are spiritual things. These are holy things. Uh, we worship, we serve a holy father. He is holy and he is to be reverenced in, in everything that we say, in everything that we do. He is to be reverenced. He is to be exalted. He is to be worshiped. He is to be obeyed. He is to be submitted to. And many of us are, we become too common with him because so many, you know, fake Christians <laughs> have just thrown that name around and thrown that word around. And a lot of scripture has become cliche, you know, just something that we say we, and, and with the understanding that we're not doing it and we know we ain't doing it, but we just want to use the word. Like, like, for example, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Everybody want to say no weapon formed against them that shall prosper. But the scripture continues to say that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. See, if you're not a servant of the Lord, then the devil will form weapons against you that will prosper. This is the reason why you see people saying no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But the weapons appear to be prospering. Right now, there's a difference between an attack and a weapon that has prospered. An attack is something when you when you're attacked, you know, you can counter attack and get that demon up out of there. But when a weapon is formed against you, that is prospering, that is a demonic stronghold in your life that is sitting there in your life, occupying your life.
and it, and he and he's not going anywhere because you have given him legal right to be there. Well, those weapons are his weapon is prospering. The weapons of the enemy are prospering then. But it's because is this because you're not a true uh, servant of the Lord? Because this is this is unto the servants of the Lord. Let me fix my chair. This is unto the servants of the Lord, right? So we have to be mindful of this. We need the fear of the Lord. Amen. Uh, so he said, uh, moreover, verse 10, moreover, he said, more, moreover, he said unto me, son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart and hear with thine ears and go get thee to the uh, get thee to them of the captivity unto the children of thy people and speak unto them and tell them thus saith the Lord God whether they will hear or whether or whether they will forbear amen which means refuse um it says then the spirit took me up and I heard behind me a voice of a great rushing saying blessed be the glory of the Lord from his place Blessed be the glory of the Lord from his place. You see that reverence, worship. The throne of God is surrounded by worship. That's why God said, he said, I am, I'm looking for true worshipers. He says, my eyes are running to and fro. I'm seeking true worshipers who will worship me in spirit and in truth. Understanding who I am. He says, uh, he says, so the spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, in the heat of my spirit. That means anger. So a holy indignation rose up within him. Uh, he says, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Amen. Uh, then I came to them uh, of the captivity at Tel Tel Aviv that dwelt by the river of Chabar. And I sat and I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. At the end of the seven days, the Lord said, I've made you a watchman unto the house of Israel. Okay. So what is he saying here? He's saying that God told him to watch, uh, to give them the word that the Lord said and to warn them. And then he turned around and said, when I say uh, to the wicked, you shall surely die and you don't give them a warning uh, and you don't speak uh, to the wicked to warn him of his wicked way in order to save his life. Then the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. This is the seriousness. This is the severity of what God is saying. When I, when he tells you to watch and pray, when he tells you to watch and pray, he means watch and pray. Amen. Um, be alert and be sober. Okay. So I, I just wanted to reiterate that because I, I, I feel like I really can't stress it enough. I really can't stress it enough because I know as soon as, you know, people walk away from, from hearing this message, you know, a spirit of, you know, whatever, uh, a spirit 
will come upon them and they will just go back to business as usual. The Bible talks about the, how the children of Israel sat down to eat and rose up to play. A spirit of distraction comes for us when we leave from the table of the Lord. That's why we must remain there. Remain there. Always remain in a state of eating on the word of the Lord in your mind, in your spirit. Keep that word cycling through your mind, cycling through your heart, cycling through. Uh, this, the Bible calls this meditating upon the word. That means you're consistently chewing on it. You're hearing from God even more. You're getting more revelation, more understanding out of that word as you continue to recycle it through your spirit. Amen. Meditate upon the word day and night. You can't read the Bible day and night, 24 hours a day. So this is what the Lord means when he says, meditate, meditate, chew on it, speak it, understand it with, uh, get wisdom, but with all you're getting, get what a good understanding. Amen. All right. So where are we going here next? We were, we're going to, um, Mm -hmm. We are going to uh, chapter eight, Ezekiel chapter eight. The Lord says, dig in the wall, look and see the abominations of the house of the Lord. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because judgments, the judgments of God are in the earth. And uh, I told you that several months ago, that the judgments of God are in the earth. When coronavirus came, um, uh, that was the, you know, that was a, a definite sign that the judgments of God are in the earth because coronavirus is what? It is called pestilence. Pestilence is disease that causes death. That is pestilence walking through the earth. What came in with it? Famine. You saw where a lot of people, a lot of uh, stores and, and businesses and stuff like that ran out of things. They were running out of food and running out of stuff, you know. So these things go together. What are these called? The judgments of the Lord, the judgments of God. Um, so, you know, anything that is not <laughs> a blessing. Is either a judgment or a judgment or a curse, right? All right. So chapter eight. Uh, verse one, it says, and it came to pass in the sixth year and in the sixth month, in the first, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Um, and then uh, behold, I and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins, even downward fire from his loins, even upward uh, as the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber. And he put forth uh, the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looked toward the north. Where it was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoked to jealousy. Now. You may say, well, Sister Shelley, you're not really understanding this in context because God was uh, talking to that people back then for a different reason and so on and so forth. I want to tell you that when the spirit of God leads you to a place in the word, that is what he is. That is what he is talking about right now. He is talking about this right now. 
Yes, it happened years, years ago. And yes, this was in a different context. But the, but the circumstances around the manifestation of this word right here are the same today. We're living in under the same circumstances today. We're looking at the same spirits, the same demons today. And so this is why the Lord is saying, bring this word to you. Because I hear somebody saying, well, you know, you, you, you're you reading out of context. No, I, I, I'm not. The Holy Ghost is always in context. He's always right on time. And this is a word right on time and right in season and in step and in line with what we are looking at today. Amen. So he said he saw what? The seat of the image of jealousy. Jealousy. Jealousy, which provoke it to jealousy. And so what is God saying there? The word jealousy there means um, the seat. It says the image of jealousy. So it was an image, which means it was an idol, an idol uh, that provoked to jealousy. So it was provoking who to jealousy? The Lord, because he's a jealous God. So this image or this idol was sitting there and it was provoking God unto jealousy. God hates idols. He said in the commandments, thou shall have no other gods before me. Thou shall make no graven image unto anything. Now you're, you have an idol sitting where? In the house of the Lord. In Jerusalem, in the inner gate, right? An idol. As soon as you walk into the holy city, First thing God runs into is an idol. First thing Ezekiel sees is an idol sitting in the door. Okay. And it's called jealousy. Now I wonder why it was called jealousy. Well, if it was in the house of God, that means that uh, if it was in the city of God, that means that the spirit of jealousy is operating in the church, in the body of Christ today. The spirit of jealousy. The spirit of jealousy. People are, 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 are this is it probably what's driving a lot of these uh, false prophets and, and making them to uh, go and, you know, do things and tap into uh, uh, dark darkness and witchcraft and stuff like that so that they can uh, get what, what the next preacher has, you know, who seem to be, you know, living it up. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to uh, build a mega ministry and build a mega church and, you know, so they can fly around on jets and, you know, uh, drive fancy cars and, you know, live a lavish lifestyle um, as a, as a, uh, man of God, as this mighty man of God or this mighty woman of God, and everybody wants this wealth, right? And they see one another, they see someone else, another pastor or, or, um, or another man of God who has it, and then they get jealous and they want the same thing. You know what I mean? And so these, you know, it, 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 it could be that. It probably is that because we see a lot of that in the body of Christ today. Um, and and other things, you know, other things. Someone could be jealous of the anointing that God placed on your life, uh, but but they didn't, you know, they did not uh, walk through what you had to walk through to get that anointing. 
you know, um, you know, different things. The devil works in very, very uh, subtle ways. So we can never say, you know, that it can't be us or it's not us because it, it could very well be. And so we're looking here at a spirit of jealousy. And then uh, verse four, and, and I'll tell you something else. Um, when a person is jealous, they will always uh, go into um, when you try to, you know, give them the truth about something, they will go into like a self-defense kind of mode. Um, I was, I, I was hearing one of my brothers who was talking about this and I was like, wow, that is so true. He said they go into defense, uh, self-defense or a defense mode is what he, what he called it. And he said, so they will start to, um, they will start to try to counter attack, you know, uh, you, when you have not really attacked them, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit convicted them of something, but they feel that they're under attack. And so they try to retaliate against you, but not understanding that the word that came did not come from you. It came from, it came from the Lord. It came from God. And if it fell on their doorstep, then you just the mailman, you know? Um, so we have to take responsibility for what God leaves on our doorstep and not be, you know, fighting back against, you know, against people and, and stuff like that, because it's, you know, listen, um, I understand that, you know, I, you cannot flow in the, in the, in the spirit of truth. The Holy spirit will not use you. God will not continue to give you a word for the people. He will not continue to anoint you to release the word of his word or use you in any kind of way. If you are not flowing in the spirit of love, you will not be able to, you will not be able to do anything because God is love. And so I understand the importance of the truth being spoken in love. And that's why when I bring the word, I bring the word in love. How do we know it's in love? Because I'm praying for you. I am, you know, I am uh, trying to bring understanding and bring light to the situation. Yes, sometimes, you know, there is a holy indignation there because the spirit of God is tired of hearing certain things and seeing certain things that should not be so. And so we can't just, you know, sit back and, 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 uh, uh, go into defense mode because we're taking things a certain way that God never intended. You know, he loves those who he corrects and chastens. I'm not correcting anybody, but the Holy Spirit is doing a lot of correcting these days in the body of Christ. Why? Because judgment first begins at the house of God. That's why we're looking at Ezekiel chapter eight tonight. Amen. That's why he has us here. So verse four, it says, and behold, the glory of the, of the God of Israel was there. So the glory of God was there, um, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. So just like the vision that he showed to Ezekiel previously in the plain, God, the glory of God was also there. So the glory of God is there, right? The God himself, in other words, let me bring this just, <laughs> straight to you, God himself was standing there. When it says the glory of the God of Israel was there, what that means is when you see the glory of the Lord, that means God was there. Just like when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And God showed up. He, he showed him. 
He didn't show him everything, <laughs> but he showed him, you know, that God himself was there. So this is what it's talking about. God is there. He has Ezekiel by the head and is leading him around in the spirit realm, showing him things, saying, you see this? You see this? You see what they're doing over here? You see that? This is my house. This is my city, Jerusalem. Let me take you over here to the door of the inner gate. You see that? Over there toward the north. Look over there. You see that? What is that? An image of jealousy. An image, an idol. Soon as you walk in the city, an idol. God is angry. He says, he says uh, then said he unto me, uh, verse 5, Son of man, lift up your eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up my eyes the way toward the north and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. So at the gate now of the altar, another image of jealousy in the entry. Okay. Okay. And then he said, furthermore unto me, son of man, uh, something about this spirit of jealousy. Hmm. What's going on? Okay. He said, furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do? Seest thou what they do? Do you see, do you see what they're doing? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary. He said, do you see these abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary? What did I tell you before? God can't even get in his own house. We, we just have in church. That's why he shut down the churches because a lot of these places were just, you know, having church and talking about the presence of the Lord is here. And, and the presence of the Lord wasn't there. It was another presence there. You know, they create these euphoric atmospheres called worship. But who are they really worshiping? Who are they really worshiping? What's going on in that heart? Are you worshiping the God that can give you whatever you want? Are you worshiping the God of mammon? Are you worshiping another God or are you worshiping? Ha, huh, the motive has to be right. Or are you worshiping the true and living God who is your father? Are you worshiping your father who art in heaven? Are you worshiping him? Are you worshiping out of a sincere heart in spirit and in truth unto him? Out of a loving relationship with him, out of a, out of a, a passionate desire for him, or are, are you operating, worshiping out of a passionate desire for this God, this image that can give you what you want. You see, in the, you see that in the mind, there's, you know, you know, there's many gods, right? There's many gods in this world. There are many gods. Which God are you worshiping? Yes, worship is going on. And yes, it is mimicking pure worship. But see, it's in the unseen realm. When you look into the unseen realm, into the spirit realm, what's going on there? This is what God said to Ezekiel. He said, do you see 
the great abominations. Now he's just seen this one idol so far. <laughs> and he said, the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my house. I, I can't even get into my own sanctuary. I can't come there because that atmosphere has not been prepared for me. They're not letting me in there. When God can't get in his own house. Have you ever been locked outside of your own house? And your kids were in there. You could hear them in there playing, watching TV, you know, TV loud. They in there fighting, arguing, whatever they doing, you know. And you locked out trying to get in. You ever done that? <laughs> Don't it, it, it makes you really, really mad, doesn't it? <laughs> I remember a few times being locked out of the house. Um, my son, I give him the key to get in and something happened to my key. I don't know, but I remember on a couple, <clears throat> oh no, I had my key, but I told him, um, when he come home from school, lock both locks, lock the top lock. And when I knock on the door and, and use my key to open the, the bottom lock, then you open the top lock and let me in, but don't let nobody else in. Right. <laughs> Some of them times he did not let open that top lock. He was back there playing. The TV was loud. He couldn't hear me or he was asleep. And I'm beating on the door. I'm beating on the windows like, hey, you know, <laughs> let me in my house. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It says, um, this is how the Lord feels. Verse seven, he says, and he brought me to the door of the court. Now he's guiding Ezekiel to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. He didn't say, look, he, he, he didn't say, look at, look at this hole and then turn around and, and, and tell him to run. He, he, he didn't say, you know, oh, it's a hole in the wall. Okay, now let's go. Mm -mm. You see, when you think that people are not called to, to watch and look into some things. He said unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. Dig into the wall. Look for more. Look deeper. Dig deeper. Dig deeper. Investigate. Look deeper. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. Things are not always the way they appear. Things are not always the way they appear to be on the surface. This is why you need to dig. And he said unto me, go in there. He said, he digged in the wall and behold, a door. There was a door in the wall. Mm. Now they hiding stuff, right? So who put that door there? Now you're hiding things, okay? And he said unto me, go in. Behold the abominations that they do here. Go in and see. Behold, the word behold means see. Go in and look and see the abominations that they do in here. See, God can see where we can't see. 
That's why he has to open our eyes and lead us in, in, into some things and show us some stuff. He says, come up hither. Let me show you some things that you know not of. If you would just come up here. You see, our perspective is everything. You can see from on the ground. You can see from sitting down. You can see from standing up. You can see from, you know, from a car. You can see from an airplane. Your perspective. Where are you positioned in the spirit? Are you on the ground? Are you sitting on the ground? Are you down on the ground in your flesh? Or are you up in the spirit like the eagle? Because God calls us up for a reason. Come up here to me. I, I need to show you some things. See, you think you're seeing things down here. You think you're seeing, but you're not seeing. I can show you some stuff that you can't see. Come up here. Come up here. You're walking around in the earth. You think you're seeing. You think you're discerning stuff. You have no idea. You have no earthly idea. You have no earthly idea. Things are not always the way they appear. Hear me by the spirit of God, please. Things are not always the way they appear. People are not always the way they appear. And the only one who can see and, 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 and look into the heart, the only one who knows the motive of that person's heart is God. That's why it's important to walk close with him, stay close to him, stay close to him. The Lord told me this several weeks ago. And 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 I, now I know why he told me that. Because he said to me that um, he said to me that the reason that people are lukewarm in, in the church is because they're receiving a lukewarm message. They're sitting under a lukewarm word. Those who handle the law uh, are not stepping up to the plate to preach the full gospel, the entire gospel. Uh, no, they they're preaching in part. And what and that which they preach in part is with enticing words of man's wisdom, enticing the people. Because their motive is stay here in my church. Keep bringing me money. Keep making my no, my name known, get my name out there. We need to be known. We need more people. You see, he says the uh, enticing words. Of, it's not they're not preaching enticing. Uh, they're not preaching in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, but they are preaching with enticing words of man's wisdom. There's a motive behind this, though. We see that in the Bible and we think, oh, you, you know, not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. You know that word. You just quoting that word. Right. But do you know why they're doing that? Do you know why? He said, he said, um, the house of the house of God is not a house of prayer. It should be a house of prayer, of real prayer. I'm not talking about these witchcraft prayers. 
real prayer and a center of deliverance for the sick. And then he told me this. He said, we must learn to examine and look more closely at things. We need the spirit of discernment. God told me this weeks and weeks ago before I even started, you know, some things that he unfolds to you over time. Right. He says, because there is more going on than meets the eye. There is usually more going on than meets the eye. So when he spoke this to me, I wrote it down. You know, I typed it in my phone, but I'm just, you know, kind of going along and stuff like that. And, you know, pray about it and go on, you know, but then until the Lord woke me up and he said, watchmen, watchmen, what of the night? Didn't I tell you before? There is more going on than meets the eye. He said, the naked eye cannot see it. The natural eye cannot perceive it. But the spiritual eye sees all things. The spirit of truth sees all things and knows all things. And he says that there is a lot more going on in these churches behind these pulpits, behind closed doors. Then meets the eye. He said, if it were not so, then why is there so much exposure? Why is there so much exposure going on right now in the body of Christ today? Do you see it? He said, is it not because there is a lot going on here? Then meets the eye. He said, is it not me, myself, doing the exposing in the first place? And I'm telling you that there is a lot more going on than meets the eye. This is why we're talking about digging. Why? Because the devil is a pro. He's a professional. He is a, 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 an expert, <laughs> a master at making things look innocent when they are not innocent, making things look one way when it's really another way. This is called the spirit of seduction, subtility, deception. He's a master at it. He is a master at this. He says, and he brought me to the door of the court. I feel the spirit of God right there. We must be wise. And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, go in there, behold, and look at the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, an abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about, round about the walls. There were Creeping things. You know what creeping things are? Beast. Beast of the earth. 
probably dead beasts, animals, probably pigs and chickens and pigeons and stuff. Because my, my friend, uh, my brother, John Ramirez talked about, you know, how when they would do their witchcraft and everything, you know, he was a first level uh, 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 Luciferian Satanist. And he said that they would always use uh, pig if they would use uh, blood of pigeons and chickens if they couldn't find like a uh, a chicken. I think he said they would use a pigeon or something like that. But he had they had different kinds kinds of fowl, you know. And then they had beasts. They had you know animals, animal blood. Um, and and another, I'm, I'm going to show uh, share a video with you guys on my uh, Facebook page. Uh, when I get through with this message to show you what I'm talking about in greater detail, I like to give examples. And um, this man of God who was delivered from the, from uh, prophetic witchcraft and brought out of that, he had, we had went and sold his soul to the devil uh, for power, you know, uh, in the church and stuff like that and money and all that stuff and success in ministry uh, to build a mega ministry. Right. And, um, he said that one of the things that the demon told them to do was to, um, was to, uh, uh, that, you know, you need a room, you need a, uh, what's called a, uh, a conference room. It's a conference room. Yeah. A conference room, like a meeting room. Uh, you need a separate conference room in your church. That's, that is, that is separate. Right. So a room, right. A separate room, which is a conference room, but it was really a secret room because he said, and in that conference room, you're going to take all these things in there. He had a pig, a dead pig's head that had maggots growing out of it. Uh, that, you know, according to the number of the maggots, this is how many people are coming to your church. He said that he had, you know, uh, chicken and chickens and, you know, stuff like that. He named off the different stuff that he had to take into that room. Why? Because that was, it was a shrine to that demonic power that he had sold himself to for the purpose of, of, of having a mega church. Yeah. So the room has what? A door. So Ezekiel goes into this door. And he said, I so I went in and I saw. And behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients or elders of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Je Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand. A censer is a stick that you light, uh, uh, you use to light things like uh, kind of like one of these, you know, to light things. But of course, they didn't have these, but I use this for my candles. Anyway, 
Um, each one had a censer in his hand and a thick cloud of incense went up. So they had like a little thing to light the incense in the house of God and a thick cloud of incense went up. So this was a temple. They had built a temple in, back there behind that door in that place, in the house of God. They had built a temple to another God. Now, what's in your temple? Ask, the, ask yourself, what is in my temple? My part, my personal temple, because know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Verse 12, it says, then said he unto me, son of man, has thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? What the ancients, which means the elders, which means the leaders in the house of Israel in the body of Christ, in the churches, do in the dark? Do you see? Sorry, I'm looking here. I should be looking here. Do you see what they're doing in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery, every man in the chambers or in the secret places of his, of his mind, do you see this? For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord has forsaken the earth. So they say, this is what I'm talking about, the fear of the Lord. There's no fear of God in their eyes. They said, the Lord don't see us. He ain't forsaken the earth. He ain't even around here no more. He don't see us. He can't see us. They really think that God is not watching. How deceived are you? How deceived are you to think that God is not watching our every move? Do you know he has angels? Read more into Ezekiel. You'll see that God has angels with inkhorns. You know what an inkhorn is? That is an ink or a, a pen that they write down everything we do. They record everything we do. And of course, it's not a literal pen like this, but they have a, 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 a method of recording everything we do. The Bible says it. There's an angel with an inkhorn in his hand. And there's also one who marks the foreheads of those who fear the Lord, who sigh and cry at the abominations done in the house of God. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. He says, um, he says, have you seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery, for they say, the Lord seeth us not, for the Lord hath forsaken the earth. He said also unto me, turn thee yet again, turn around again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Weeping for Tammuz. T-A-M-M-U-Z. Now, if you don't know what that means, um, it means uh, a fertility god. Tammuz was the name of a fertility fertility god or goddess similar uh, to the Greek god Adonis. 
Now, I talked about this in some of my previous messages. Um, so you have to go back and, and I talked about all, all this idolatry stuff um, in um, the horse leech and also in, um, I think it was the message was called Jealous or I'll leave a link for you below. But um, yeah, weeping for Tammuz. So, no, so Tammuz is um, it is a uh, a false god. The it's it, it's known as the goddess of love, and is recounted in the Sumerian myths of um, Inanus, Inanus, uh, de descent to the to the nether world. Enos descent to the netherworld and the death of Damuzi, betrayed by Inanna and consigned to the underworld. His demise was limited in the fourth month, which was named after him. Evidently, the women of Judah lamented Tammuz on the fifth day of the month. Excuse me, on the fifth day of the sixth month, the worship of Tammuz was one of the many fertility cults of the ancient, uh, excuse me, of the ancient Near East that had several local variations. Weeping for Tammuz was an act of worship intended to bring him back from the netherworld. Thus, these women were worshiping this Assyrian deity. So Tammuz was an Assyrian deity or an Assyrian god trying to bring him back from the netherworld, from the underworld, the underworld. What is the underworld? Well, um, um, if you look deeper into this prophetic witchcraft uh, crime uh, crime organization, <laughs> I'm going to call it because they, yes, they're, they're criminals. They're criminals. They need to be locked up. Um, when you look into these organizations, you begin to understand that um, these spirits operate from the marine. These are marine spirits. These are underwater spirits. And yes, they are very real. That's why a lot of uh, preachers and stuff go over to Africa. When you see these American preachers that keep going over there, visiting Africa and back and forth to Africa for what? Because over there, um, now I'm not saying all of them, okay? So let's use wisdom here. But but over there, they have places. They have places over there. Uh, this one man that I was uh, listening to uh, talk about his story and sharing his testimony earlier today, he said that uh, the one place that he went to was in the Congo, in uh, in some area uh, of Congo named Conga something. And, um, they went there to, uh, the river so that he could be baptized by this demon because he wanted more power. He said that he, you know, people, he had already sold himself and, you know, they had dunked him in a hot, uh, they had cooked him in a pot, pot of hot boiling water, but they had anointed him with some kind of herbs and stuff. So that when they dunked him in the hot boiling water, they said when he got in there, the water was cold. He said, so this time, you know, he wanted even more power than that first time. So they took him to this place in Congo and he went down, uh, uh, they took him down to this river and he said he saw this uh, this beast come up uh, out of the river that was half human and half crocodile. 
and that it was it was not his eyes playing tricks on him. The, look, these spirits are real. Listen, if angels can manifest themselves in physical form as humans or as men, what do you think demons can do? What are they? Where where did they start? They were angels before. Remember when when Satan fell. He drew a third of the what? His tail drew a third of the angels with him. When you go back and read about the Nephilim in the in the book of Genesis that were sleeping with the women. You see, and, and, and these giants were being born into the earth. These were demonic. These were demonic angels. In the form of people. In the form of human human beings, humans. But they were not all human. So this spirit was half um, or this being uh, was half human and half crocodile. And he was under the water coming towards the man. And when he came up, he came up behind the man and put his hands up under the man's arms and dunked him down in the water three times, baptized him in that in that marine in that water the marine spirit these are spirits of the water they come out of the there uh in in places um uh rivers and 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 places like that that's where a lot of this witchcraft and stuff goes on it's always near some kind of body of water these are uh, uh, uh these cultic uh uh temples and um uh, these, uh, where they have like their, their occultic ceremonies and stuff like that is always somewhere near a body of water. Why? Because these are marine spirits. They're coming from the underworld. Jesus. Okay. So the women sat there in the house of God again, weeping for Tammuz. Verse 15, it says, then he said unto me, has thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. Can anything get worse than this, Lord? And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, or twenty-five men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worship the sun toward the east. Now, this is talking about worshiping the sun or what is known as the sun god. The sun god. This is, uh, this is the god, uh, this is the god that, uh, that they worship, that the Romans uh, worship was the sun god. This is the God that the Pope worships is the sun God. That's why they changed the laws and the times of God and, 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 and took away the Sabbath day worship, which was originally on a Saturday and, and, and changed it to Sunday because this is the day that they worship their God, which is the sun God. And that day was deemed in honor of the sun God, Sunday. Do you do your research? Read read your history there. You can research everything I'm saying. I'm saying all you got to do is Google it. And if you go back and read my mess, uh, listen to some of my previous messages. I, I preached a word called revelation. Revelation. 
There was a teaching. It was a teaching about the end times and and prof, uh, the prophetic uh, uh, the prophetic end times, a breakdown and an explanation of end time prophecy. It's called revelation. You will understand these things in greater detail. The sun God. So why do they want us to go to church on Sunday? Everything is about Sunday and they have these blue laws where they, you know, they, they're bringing every country on board to, um, uh, to fulfill the, the blue laws, which is their commandments <clears throat> and that replaced God's commandments. And yes, they did actually change the 10 commandments. They changed the 10 commandments. Where do you think all these things are? The original Ten Commandments, the, the, the original Torah and the scrolls and all that stuff. Where do you think this stuff is? I just want to ask that question. You think it's lost? The lost scrolls, Dead Sea Scrolls? No. <laughs> They're not lost. They are over there. <clears throat> Excuse me. They are over there in the Vatican being kept under lock and key. Under high level security and surveillance 24 seven. Why do you need that much security and surveillance over some scrolls? Some commandments. Why do you need all of that? What are you really protecting? The truth. They're hiding the truth because they changed the laws and the times of God. You see this stuff that we're, we're living in now, uh, this, the calendar that we live according, this is not the original calendar. This is not the original stuff, the way God set it up. The, the, you know, the holidays they got us over here, you know, Halloween and, 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 and Christmas and stuff like that. That stuff didn't come out of, out of our, our, our father. He didn't, it didn't come from our father. This is paganistic worship. We are, we don't understand that when we, excuse me, we don't understand that when we partake in this stuff, we are worshiping their gods because we're, we're putting ourselves in agreement with them. We're saying, I agree with you. I will do what I will do this the way you do it. We just follow in the steps of the majority, just onward Christian soldiers. And we think we, we soldiers in an army. All right. We, I'm talking to God's people now because this stuff, many of us, we, we have embraced this stuff, all this paganistic nonsense. We teach it to our families. Merry Christmas. We put Christmas trees all up in our houses and stuff like that. I know it's like taking candy from a baby. You know, you, you're going to start crying in a minute, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You don't need a Christmas tree. Trust me. When you got Jesus himself, who is not a baby in a manger anymore. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the king of all kings and he's ruling in full power and authority. And you are seated together with him at the right hand of the father in the in right now. See, they do this stuff because they, they are trying to penetrate your identity. They are stealing identity theft. They are stealing our identity. 
We don't want them to know who they are. So I'm going to tell you what, who you are, what you are, what you can do, when you can do it, when to wake up, when to go to bed, when to. I will control your life. See, we have to pull ourselves out of this system. And I'm telling you, a lot of this stuff is this. They didn't start. It didn't start just out there in the atmosphere, in the world. This stuff is started in the church. Do you not realize that this country that we're living in, deemed as a Christian country, was started by a church? The Roman church. They came out of the Roman Catholic uh, system that was governing. Okay, I'm not going to go into all of that. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. We got a lot to learn. Go listen to my message, Revelation. I'll drop that in the comments too, Revelation. I'll drop a link. We got to come out of it. God is saying, come out of her. Babylon is falling. This system is crumbling. This system is crumbling. This is why God has us doing this. He said, judgment must first begin at my house. Judgment must first begin at my house. I got to get my own people in order. I got to get my own people in order because my judgments are in the earth. Then he said unto me, has thou seen this, O man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which, which they commit here? For they have filled the land with what? Violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Putting the branch to their nose. I don't really know what that means. I'll look into that later on and share with you. It says, therefore, will I also deal in fury? If you know what that means, uh, let me know because I don't know what that means right now. 18, it says, therefore, will I also deal in my fury? My eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet I will not hear them. God is not playing. God is not playing. And and I'm doing exactly what the Lord told me to do. Warn them. God is not playing with us. He is not playing with us. That's why he shut down our churches. That's why he shut them down. You, If you're waiting for that church to open up and function normally, you're going to be waiting for a long time. You can open the doors and let people come in there if you want to. Because God is shaking a lot of things right now. And if your motive is not right when you stand up behind that pulpit, May God have mercy. May God have mercy on you. Warning comes before destruction. He said, blow the trumpet in Zion and warn the people. Joel chapter two, verse one. 
Proverbs 16, 18 says, warning, pride goeth, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You can be proud. You can go into defense mode and try to defend all you want to. But at the end of the day, we can do nothing against the truth. The truth is the truth. We can never do anything against the truth, only for the truth. He said pride goes before destruction. Warn them that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. A lifted up spirit goes before a fall. Be careful. Be careful because God is not playing. He's not playing. Ephesians 5.11. For those of you who think that we're, you know, we're wrong for this. Ephesians 5 and 11 says. Glory to God almighty. I feel the spirit of God here. What did God, what does it say? It says, uh, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, reprove them. Well, what does the word reprove means? It means, let me look it up for you. So you won't, you know, say I, I was off by a word for those of you who are petty. <laughs> oh, well, you, you, you missed a word. So no, that's not what that means. Reprove means reprimand, rebuke, scold, reproach. It says reprimand or censor someone. Make them be quiet, silence them. It says to scold or to admonish. So people say, well, who are you? Who made you a God over us? That's the same thing they said to Joseph. Who made you a ruler over us? God did. God and God fulfilled their words just like that. He ended up making Joseph a ruler over his brethren. He said, what well, the enemy meant for evil, I make it, I make it for your good. And he made them, he made him a ruler over those same brothers who looked at him and said, Who are you? Or who made you a ruler over us? Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. What is the Lord saying here? He's saying, separate yourself, come out from among them and be ye separate unto me. And I will teach you and I will train you and I will raise you up and I will send you out and I will use you for my glory. I will set this thing back in order because they were supposed to be teaching you and training you. They were supposed to be your tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. You know, they were supposed to raise you up. So that you could walk and function in your sonship anointing. If you go to Ephesians, um, there to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, um, Chapter four, 
It says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for what? For the perfecting of the saints. Why do you need to perfect the saints? For the work of the ministry, because the saints need to work. They need to work in the ministry. They have a ministry themselves. This is supposed to be a recycling, uh, uh, a, a progressive thing. But instead, we got people just sit up under us for all their life or half of, half of their life before we release them to go anywhere and, and preach anything and do anything. You got to sit up under me for 20 years. People are growing old on the pews, growing gray on the pews, sitting there. And the world needs Jesus. The world needs the word that, that you carry. The world, need, the world needs the anointing that you carry while you're sitting on the pews, waiting for a man to tell you you can go. Where did this mindset come from? Because this is a learned behavior that is, that, is a, that is not the truth. That is not what Jesus did. Jesus did not, listen, Jesus did not keep them apostles, uh, those, those disciples sitting there all their life. Before they, before they knew it, he was like, oh, look, I'm finna go and, uh, <clears throat> I'm sending you out. Go ye out into all the world and preach this gospel. This gospel that I have given unto you. Not another gospel. Don't water it down and spank it down. Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to them the same way I gave it to you. And then he said, and greater works than, than what I did shall you do. In my name. See this thing is about. Leaving behind. A, a true leader will, le will leave, be leave behind. A legacy or will push those, those students. Or those you know those people that, that he's leading. Will push them out there. Push them out of the nest. Go. Go fly. Go fly. They'll be still sitting there trying to get fed like little birdies trying to get some more food. But what does that bird do? That mother bird do push him right out of that nest. An eagle ain't finna play with you. You finna get off of this. I'm not finna feed you no more worms. You get up out of here and fly and we'll take them way up in the air and drop them down. And that baby out there talking about. <laughs> And and she's watching the whole time. And as soon as it if it look like they, they ain't gonna make it and they they come too close to that ground, she'll swoop down there and pull them right back up, take them right back up there and drop their butts again. <laughs> that is the nature of a true God uh God given leader. Not somebody that's got that's got you sitting up under them, attached at the hip the whole time uh, for years. Why are they doing that? Because they are draining you. They're draining your bank account. They are draining your wake up. This ain't rocket science. They're draining your bank account. 
They're draining you dry because the whole time that you're sitting there, they know that they can get offerings. They can get tithes. They can get seeds. They can get you to do this. They can get you to do that. Go here. Go there. Go do. do, 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 do. They will work you to death. And I have a message the Lord brought, uh, gave me um, uh, concerning that. Uh, when I come back uh, tomorrow, I'll be talking about prophetic predators. Um, and this is a uh, uh, a series that the Lord uh, placed on my heart, Prophetic Predators, where we will be exposing and uncovering and investigating and doing forensics and looking into this thing uh, at, at, at close range, these predators. And, and I'm going to be um, asking people uh, to come on and, and share. For the purpose of what? Healing and restoration in the body of Christ. Not to condemn anyone, not to tear anyone down, but these things, listen, when you go to the hospital and you have a broken bone or you done messed up something in your body, that doctor has to expose it. He has to expose the area. You can't go in there with your coat on talking about my arm is broke and expect him to leave the coat on. No, just keep it covered. Just keep it covered. You can treat it. You can treat it like that. Just like that. Cause you don't want to, you scared to take your coat off. The doctor is going to cut that thing off if he needs to, to get in there and see what is going on. So he can do what? Fix it. I ain't never seen nobody go undergo surgery to get no kind of nothing cut out of them. Cancer is in there eating up your body. I ain't never seen nobody go under surgery where the doctor did not cut. Open it up to expose the area so he can get in there and work and get that cancer out of there. Dig it out of there. What kind of surgery is is a, a surgery that that you can't you can't get cut you can't get opened up like I know that's what we want you know I wish it was that way especially in the in the natural you know and 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 often you know listen God is so lo God is so long suffering and merciful and loving He loves us He's not trying to make us look crazy out here. By exposing, but what he's doing when he exposes, it's to protect the rest of the flock because these spirits are in the midst of the body and they're affecting, they are infecting the body, infecting the body. They have to be exposed. They have to come out. It's like a cancer in the body of Christ, literally. That's why he has to, he said, dig. Dig in there. Look under there. Look in there. See, you see that? You see that? This is a surgery room. Jesus. He said, dig in there. Like a master surgeon. Search it out. Find it. Uproot it. Pull it up out of there. Get all of it. All of it out. Because if you leave any of that mess in there, it's going to infect. It's going to spread. 
cancer spreads, it's going to spread and infect the, the rest of that body. This person is going to die. The body is going to die. This is for the, for the purpose of saving our lives. Saving lives. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, uh, you know, ain't nobody hating on you or, 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 or trying to No, this is about saving lives. Ain't nobody condemning nobody. This is about saving lives, saving the body of Christ, healing in the body of Christ. So I posted on that, uh, on that banner that, you know, if you have experienced, um, uh, any kind of abuse at the hands of clergy, sexual abuse, emotional, mental abuse, financial abuse, any form of abuse in the hands of clergy, fake pastors, false teachers, false prophets, false apostles, clergy. You know what clergy is? It's, it's, it's leadership uh, in, in the church, church leaders. If you have experienced this, because I have been there, if you go back and watch my testimony video, I share a lot of that with you all. I've been there. I've been through all of that, all of that. Every form of that little stuff that them demons was doing in there. I, I, I've lived it several times, not just in one church. So I feel that God has equipped me with the wisdom and the knowledge, because guess what? God also brought me through it. Many people can't go through some of the stuff I went through and still have their mind intact. It was nothing but the grace of God that brought me out of that stuff, y'all. It was the grace of God on my life. It was the love of God for me. And it was my love for him. He kept me. He brought me through that and he healed me and he restored me. He restored my heart. He restored my mind. He restored my soul. My emotions were messed up. I was depressed. I was, I was messed up. I did. I couldn't see. I couldn't see uh, leaders the same anymore. I couldn't see pastors the same anymore. Now I have a healthy way of seeing them because God pulled me, pulled me to himself and he taught me the right way. And he said, no, first thing you forgive. I'm going to teach you how to love people the way I love them. I want you to love them, forgive them, be forgiving. Yes, they walked over you. Yes, they stole from you. Yes, they raped you. Yes, they hurt you. But forgive. Understanding that you also, it could have been you. It could have been you. Any one of us can, can, can be used by the devil. Any one of us. If God don't keep his hand on us, what you think happened to Judas? The Lord lifted his hand off of him. He lifted up, he lifted up his hand. 
and another spirit took over. Guess who allowed it? You see? God is sovereign. That man was fitted for destruction. Thank God you're not. Thank God you're not. So I want to be able to help these people. Some people were like me when they came out of those ministries. You know, they, they're looking for help. They're looking for someone who's been through something like they what they've been through so they can relate to that person and they can help them, you know, pull them up out of that hole, pull them up out of there. They need help. They need healing. They need someone because if you haven't really been there yourself, you really can't identify or understand them very well. Although your heart, you know, you in your heart, you want to help them and thank God for that. But when you have a person who's been where they've been and can reach out in the love of God and say, hey, sis, me too. It's okay. God brought me through it. He's going to bring you through it too. Let me show you how. Let me show you how. Let me show you how. You know? So I want to be able to help these people. This is why we're dealing with the prophetic uh, predators. This is going to be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So be here. We're going to be talking about... Um, uh, prophetic witchcraft, sorcery, and occultic churches, and the symptoms and the signs of, of, of those uh, churches and those ministries. Now that I understand, you know, what exactly they're doing, because they're, this is not something they just come up with, one, wake up one day and, th and think, oh, God, I think I'm going to be a witch. I think I'm going to be a, a warlock. No. See, the devil plays off of your lust. He plays off of your desires. We have to check our desires. What do you desire? What are you lusting for? Are you lusting for anything? These are one of the major ways that the devil operates is lust, greed. You know, what are you lusting for? Is it money? Is it power? Is it influence? Is it sex? What is it? Because if you see the main things, the main spirits that we see repeatedly over and over and over in operating in the world through music, through movies, through entertainment, through all this stuff, they're constantly pushing these same spirits out there at you every day. You see them every day and they're the same. They're coming out of the same few spirits. The same few spirits. Lust. Greed, gluttony, pride. You see? At the top, it's just a few. It's just a few at the top of that thing. And the, and, and everything we see is stemming out of those out of those few spirits. We'll talk about it. But God is saying uh tonight we're gonna uh close here. Uh, I've been with you for two hours. I'm just not going to even try to put a limit on the time uh, anymore because I'm going to, I'm going to feel free and let the spirit of God use me. And if you can't watch it all in one sitting, then, you know, perhaps you can come back and get the rest in a different sitting, but I'm, I'm here to feed. I'm here to feed God's people. I'm here to, uh, to help. 
um, heal the body. And, and I, I'm not going to put it on a time limit. I'll just be here and, and pouring out and you can just come in, you know, when you when you have time. That's fine. It's between you, you know, it's between you and God. You know, but but I'll I'll be here as the spirit of God leads me to be here. And if he don't give me nothing to say, I won't be saying anything. I, I'm not I'm not one of those people that's gonna be committing myself to, you know, oh, it's 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 Friday, seven it's seven o'clock. I gotta go on because I gotta I got I, I'm supposed to be here. If the Lord did not give me a word, guess what? I won't be here. You'll see a little message from me pop up and say, I won't be here tonight, see you tomorrow. <laughs> but thank God he's always speaking. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to be praying because God is saying in all of this, he's saying what? Return, return unto me. Return, O backsliding Israel. Do your first works over. He said, I liked you better when you were small in your own eyes. I liked you better when you were small in your own eyes. He said, be small in your own eyes. Let me be. Let me be the big, the big man, the head honcho. Let me be the head honcho. You be small in your own eyes. This is the Lord saying, not me, because I'm not the head of nothing. <laughs> He's my head. I'm trying to find that scripture here. That's that fell in my spirit. Be small in your own eyes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Small in thine own eyes. Anybody know where that scripture is? Small in your own be small in your own eyes. I don't know where that is. Uh oh, first Samuel. Okay, first Samuel fifteen and seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. First Samuel 15 and 17. It says, uh, and Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? When you were little in your own sight, go back to the, to the, uh, to when God first anointed you. To when you first, you know, when you used to have encounters with the Lord, visitations from the Lord, you used to, you know, spend time with the Lord, spend quality time with the Lord, quality time in his presence, quality time in his word, you know, fellowshipping with him, listening to him, listening to him, listening to him, worshiping him, loving on him. Let's get back to that. He said, return unto me and I will return unto you. This is a plea from the heart of God. And after all this, you see, he see all of this stuff. All the stuff we just looked at there in the book of Ezekiel. He see, he, he saw all of that. He was showing it to Ezekiel. Ezekiel was probably like, oh my God. <laughs> but God saw all of it. He, he see that stuff every, all the time. His eyes are always watching. Imagine seeing this kind of stuff all the time. You can see what people are doing against you all the time. You see it clearly. Imagine this, you know, 
how much love, how much long suffering it takes for him to wink at our sins and overlook them and still say, return unto me and I will return unto you and I will be merciful unto you. And we can do this thing again. Go back and do your first works over. Let's do it again. So my prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus, I have released your word as you've instructed me tonight. And I pray, Lord God, that that it would fall, oh Lord God, that it fell upon those who have ears to hear your voice. And I pray, Father God, that someone's heart, Lord God, was, was pricked by the spirit of truth. That you could come in, that you could sup with them, Lord God, that you could fellowship with them again. I pray, Father God, for the spirit, O oh Lord, of godly sorrow that leads us to repentance, to work in every heart tonight in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Heavenly Father, that, Lord, that uh, we will break agreement in every uh, covenant uh, that we have made with the with the uh, with the powers of hell and darkness in the name of Jesus that we will go in and disannul every demonic covenant that we will begin to search ourselves and search our hearts even as David says search my heart O Lord and try my reins and see if there be any wicked thing in me father reveal it unto us Reveal it unto, unto us tonight. Anything that we have lodged in our heart, that we've hidden in our tents, that we have hidden in our temple, any secret thing wherein we have given the enemy access into us, an open door into us. Father, in the name of Jesus, show us that we may break covenant agreement, that we may come out of agreement with these demonic spirits with these spirits that are working in subtility. Some of us don't realize it, but we are being used as agents of the devil. Father, show us. We humble ourselves in your sight. We repent of our sins. We repent of our iniquities. Go back in our generations and cut off these demonic powers that have followed us through generations. Followed us from generation to generation. Father, cut it off now. In Jesus' mighty name, we break agreement with it. We want no part with it, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, these demons of lust, these demons of pride, these demons of greed, where enough is never enough, where the flesh is never satisfied. Father, in the name of Jesus, cut it off. We surrender it to you. We surrender it to you, Father. We open up to you. You can expose whatever you want to expose. We're not ashamed because we know that you love us. And it is your love that wants to heal us. It is your love that is correcting us, that is chastening us, that is rebuking us, that is healing and restoring us, that is tearing us down and breaking us down and building us up again. It is your love that covers the multitude of sins. It is your love that is stronger than death. It is your love, Father. Father, we recognize that it is your love. Therefore, we are not ashamed. We expose every hidden area and we say, Lord, clean us up. 
pluck it, pluck out everything that you didn't plant in us. Every evil seed that you did not plant within us, pluck it up by the roots, Father, in Jesus' name. Consume it in the fire of your Holy Spirit. Let your fire consume it and burn it out of us, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You said if your right hand, if our right hand offend us to cut it off, if our eye offend us to pluck it out, Father, whatever it is that's in our life that is hindering us from being, from walking in our full potential as the sons and daughters of God that you called us to be, as kingdom men and women that you called us to be, Father, pluck it out in Jesus' mighty name. Consume it in the fire of your Holy Ghost. Consume it in your holy fire in Jesus' mighty name. We want to be healed. We want to be whole. whole. We want to be free. We want to be used by you. We want to be free to love. We want to be free to, 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 to move and operate in total liberty, uninhibited. Because your love is uninhibited, Father. We want to be free from the restraints and the limitations of sin and lies and always having to lie and cover up this and cover up that. It's too much work, Lord. It's too much work. We surrender it all to you. We surrender the lies. We surrender the fornication, the adultery, the sexual promiscuity. We surrender the pride. We surrender the greed. We surrender the lust. We surrender, Father, everything, every secret thing. We surrender it to you. Have your way in us. Forgive us, Father. Have mercy upon us. We return unto you with our whole hearts. We return unto you with our whole hearts. Forgive us, Father God, for making light of your word, for making light of your prophets, for making light of your truth. Forgive us, Father, for trying to self-defend and covering what should be exposed that we can be healed. That we can be healed. You said, let it not be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. We want healing and restoration, Father God, that we can minister to your people out of a pure heart in the name of Jesus Christ, that they may be delivered, that they may be saved, that they may be set free, that they may be truly fed and nourished and nurtured in your house, in Jesus' mighty name. Let your strength be made perfect in every area of our weakness. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Cover my brothers and my sisters in your blood. Wash us, O oh Lord. Wash us. Wash away the sin. Wash away the iniquity. Wash away the shame. Wash away the guilt. Wash away the fear. Wash away the pride. Wash away the lust. Wash away the rebellion. Wash away the idolatry. Wash it away. Wash it away. Wash away the uncleanness. Wash away every addiction. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke and bind every form of addiction. In Jesus' mighty name, I cast you out. I cast you out tonight. The fire of the living God consumes you tonight. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Addiction of any form, drugs, pornography, alcohol, cigarette addiction, whatever addiction, sex addiction, addiction to people and familiar spirits. I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I release the fire, the fire, the fire of the living God to consume you now in Jesus' mighty name. I release the spirit of deliverance upon them that are bound. Let the prison door swing open to them that are bound. Let every chain and shackle be utterly consumed in the fire of the living God. In Jesus' mighty name, let the oppressed go free. Let the oppressed go free. Heal the brokenhearted and those that mourn in Zion. Give them beauty for ashes. In Jesus' mighty name. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. You're so loving. You're so kind. You're so worthy. Nobody but you, Lord Jesus. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing my brother, healing my sister. Thank you, Lord God, for healing me. Thank you, Lord. For healing our leaders. Thank you, Lord. Many of them are returning to you. They're repenting and they're turning to you. Returning to you from witchcraft, from, from, from sorcery, from all these things. But they are, they are confessing. They are repenting and they are returning to you. Bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And we say, Amen. It is so. Glory to God. So I love you guys, and uh, I will see you here tomorrow, uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. I am in Texas, so I pray that um, that I uh, see you here, and um, I'm going to love you and leave you for now. I feel the love of God reaching out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll see you here tomorrow, and we are going to... Um, uncover some things. We're going to uncover some things um, and talk about some things. Amen. So if you have experienced any of the forms of abuse that I spoke about um, at the hands of clergy, uh, church hurt and things like that, um, just reach out to me. My uh, email, uh, you can leave a, a comment uh, for me if you need to talk or if you want to share. Uh, you can also send me an email. The email address is here at the bottom of the screen. I am divinity at gmail.com. Uh, I am divinity at gmail.com. You can shoot me an email. I will answer you and uh, we can, uh, you know, we can uh, get you on and, and uh, so we can discuss some of these things. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed because when you share your story, you know, it, it, we have to understand and remember, remember that whatever God allows us to suffer and to go through is for the purpose of helping someone else.
Yeah. So God wants God wants to put a word in your mouth, even if it's just the word of your testimony. The Bible says that we overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Even if it's just your testimony within itself is so powerful that it can heal and, and, and help to deliver someone else. So, so your story needs to be heard. It needs to be heard. You can't keep that thing to yourself, you know, uh, forever because God gave you a testimony. That means you need, you have to testify and tell of the goodness of, Lord, of the Lord in your life and share it, share it to all the world, as many people as you can. That's one reason why God gave us, allowed us to use these platforms and things so we can reach more people uh, with the truth. We can reach more people with the truth about the power of the God we serve, who is our father, our father, our heavenly father and Jesus Christ, his son. Amen. So, uh, yeah, reach out to me and I will get you on here and we will be here together. Uh, talking about this thing and we're going to we're going to do a, a live stream together. If you don't want to do a live stream, that's OK. You know, um, you can also, you know, just reach out and, and I will help you in any way that I can. Uh, I will share with you, you know, the thing, the way that God walked me through that uh, so that you can, you know, you can come out of there, come out of that prison, come out of there because, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wants you free. Amen. And he wants you free to love him and love his people. Amen. So God bless you. And I will see you here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Good night.